0: Try our chicken rolled food as a meal or shredded it as a topper. Blog Talk Radio.
1: I'm your host. My name is Alexi Wasser. Now, just to quickly explain what the fuck Boy Crazy Radio is. Well, Boy Crazy Radio is a call-in advice show, kind of like Loveline, but it's not Loveline. Instead, instead of Dr. Drew, you get me. All right, uh, I serve as like, a, as like your cool big sister uh, that has a lot of life experience. Um, I have a lot of energy. I'm willing to listen. I want to listen. I want to make you feel less alone. Uh, I do give great advice. It's like a blind leading the blind, except I actually do give great advice. How dare you? Anyway, uh, yeah. And for those of you who uh, don't want to see me as a big sister, you can also think of me as like uh, like maybe well still a big sister. Like I, it's like I'm the cool big sister of your of your best friend that you have a crush on. You have a secret crush on me, and then you go home and you jerk off to the thought of me. Whatever it is, whatever it is, you guys, that you need me to be in order to make you feel better about yourself, in order for you to, you know, get through the day, I will do it. I will be that for you. Anyway, here's the deal. I want you to call in. Here's the number. Program it into your smartphone. It is 646-378-0649. You can also tweet in your questions, and you should tweet them to at Alexi Wasser. Confusion in the spelling. Should I spell it out? That seems dorky, but I'm going to do it anyway. But I'm not, uh, you know, who the hell do I think I think I am? I'm just a person living my life. All right, here's how you spell it: A L E X I last name Wasser W A S S E R. If you're too much of a pussy to actually call into the show, which is ridiculous, nobody's gonna recognize you, and you can use like a cool fake name, uh, like Chloe or Zoe or whatever it is that makes you feel good. And uh, yeah, there you have it. You can also email me your question if you want to go into detail. Uh, You email that question to boycrazyalexi at gmail.com, subject line, big cyst, and I will read it on the air, and there you have it. You guys, tonight is a very special night, a very, very special night. I have a uh, super cool guest. His name is Eugene Kotliarenko. I probably said his last name wrong. I I wrote it down phonetically. He's a great guy. Just call him Eugene Kotliarenko. Did I say it wrong still? Whatever. I will introduce him momentarily. Here's who he is and why you should care. I mean, if you're in the know, you would know it all. But, you know, that's what I'm here for. I'm bridging the gap, if you will. All right. He is a writer, a director, an actor. He's super prolific. He's made like, probably like, he's made like 20 films and he's only like uh, 18 years old or whatever. He is an amazing talent. He is the director, writer, actor uh, of a movie that's premiering at South by Southwest, which is pretty much tomorrow. It's right around the bend. It's very exciting. The name of the film is A Wonderful Cloud and we're gonna talk all about it. Uh first let me patch in uh Eugene. Eugene
2: Alexei. This is so Hi.
0: exciting we're doing it.
2: Yeah, this is fun. But you know, um I just want to respond to a few incredible things I heard uh while you were using that intro, if that's okay.
1: Okay, yeah, please.
2: Um, one, um, I like to go by Zoe. That makes me feel good. Okay. Okay. But my friends call me Huge Man. All right. Um, and none of them can pronounce my last name either, so that's fine. Um, I haven't made twenty films, all right. I've just you, made You've 16. made a lot. You made a lot. I've just made sixteen, but I'm also younger than eighteen years old. But I'm not gonna reveal my age.
1: Incredible, and neither will I, and n- nor should
2: we. But I know, I know for a fact that you're also younger than 18 years old.
1: Oh my God, I know. I'm like, uh, I'm like a dewy skinned nubile 14 year old, you know, with
2: a fake ID. That's me and you, just two nubile chicks on the air. <laughs> oh my God, here's what
1: I wanna do. That. I, Listen, this is, uh, this is too much. This is very exciting. I have so many thoughts and feelings, and we're going to get to all of them, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, I hope. But, okay, first off, I I want to talk about what your film is about. I want to talk about – I also want to mention that I was in one of Eugene's films. Uh, I was in one of his yeah. films. Your first film, right?
2: Yeah, that was my You're debut feature, uh, and you were so incredible in it. And basically the biggest mistake of my career so far – is that we haven't worked together again.
1: Well, whose fault is that, filmmaker?
2: My bad, but it easily ameliorated depending on how the radio show goes.
0: <laughs> oh. oh,
1: no, wait, actually, I, have, I, I bought like a sound machine at Target. Hold on, hold on, wait. Here it is.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: Whoa. Yeah. Incredible.
0: Wow. <laughs> um,
1: so we. Are, I was in a movie called Zeros and Ones uh, that Eugene wrote and directed. And uh, yeah, and it was Morgan Crance was in it. He's supposed to be calling in later tonight. Um, an oh, immense challenge, but this is about you, not him. So tell me about romantic comedy. This is romantic comedy. It sounds ridiculous to say that, it's like, because you're it's you're too interesting to be making a, something called referred to as a romantic comedy. But it's called A Wonderful Cloud, and who's in it? Caitlin
0: Sheel, Caitlin Sheel.
2: Yes, Sheel. Uh huh. And she's a pretty interesting
0: uh, actress.
1: Uh I think she was in she was in one of my friend Alex Ross Perry's movie, I think, right? Oh yeah,
2: I think she's in a few of his movies. She's uh she's in the last one he made, Listen Up Philip. She has a pretty damn good scene with Jason Schwartzman in it. Oh, that's
1: where she runs where she runs away, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. He she play interestingly enough, I think she plays his ex girlfriend in that movie or something. And played, uh, yeah, And she's also, like, on uh, House of Cards, and um, she's in a new movie that's coming out by uh, Drake Doremus with Kristen Stewart. I think that'll be out next year. She's got a lot of stuff on her plate. This is Um, exciting.
1: Oh, my God. I would love to know what it's like to be somebody's muse but haven't experienced yet. Actually, that's not true. Uh, Musicians have written songs about me. Musicians have written songs about me.
2: Dude, countries have started wars for you, Alexi. Please, do not be homeless, my dear. Thank you. Okay, cool. Uh, so let's, get,
1: let's get back to your movie, A Wonderful Cloud. Right. And, the, and the, tell me that your is, own words. Tell you this movie.
2: That is the most important thing, for sure. Um, it's, It is kind of a rom-com in a way. I don't take any sort of offense from that designation. But it's really personal film, and it's really raw, you know? So, while it is going to make people laugh and it is going to make people cry, it's also going to make people groan and it's also going to, I think, hit a lot of the sort of vulnerabilities and um, really like deep notes that uh, people aren't used to getting from sort of fluffier fare. But really, it's a movie about exes, okay? It's a rom-com about exes who remain friends, all right? And that's why I was so excited to do the show with you because... um, Usually when you see exes in a movie, whether it's like a rom-com or whatever, they're always like going at each other's throats, you know? They're always like, eh, what are you doing at this party? I hate you. Get out of here. Blah. But, like, I'm actually friends with almost all of my exes. I, at a certain point, I loved that person. And then for, you know, X, Y, Z reasons, there's often many, it just doesn't work out in that deep relationship way. But you still have that love for them, I think. You have to acknowledge that you have this deep bond and so I'm friends with them. So, Kate Lynn Shield, this actress, is actually um we used to go out. We are exes. And uh we just came up with this idea of making a movie that sort of explored, um, you know, that sort of dynamic, that sort of chemistry, that sort of Relationship uh, where the exes remain friends, and, and you know like there, and there's other tensions. There's there's still baggage. There's still tensions. There's still a feeling, this sort of percolating thing underneath that comes from that. But it's not the sort of generic cliche like oh, get out of here, I'm like w- w- fuck you, like you know what I mean? That 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 people sort of associate um, in mass culture with exes. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. it's 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 emotional. It's deep. It's silly. It's absurd. We have a lot of really crazy, funny actors in it, um, like um, I don't know, just a lot. John Ennis, who was on every episode of Mr. Show, and oh, Lauren God, John Avery. John Ennis?
1: I know, I know John Ennis. Wait, who else? Yeah, what he's a great he?
2: actor. Right? Yeah, so great. Like, so who,
1: who, who else is in your movie? Sorry, John Ennis. Keep going.
2: John Ennis, he's loved him. Um, Lauren Avery, who is like a rising starlet. I've worked with her a lot, and she's one of the greatest actresses in my opinion and i think she's finally getting some of the recognition she deserves she's also like a social media darling um rachel lord who is a really great uh, performer and performance artist and painter um vishwan Valandi, probably the sexiest indian american male uh in the country right now and he's uh a, he's a real dirty dog have you ever met this guy
1: no, but I wasn't sure because I was, I was I wasn't sure if he was like somebody you were. I didn't know what your relationship was was with him because I saw lots of like suggestive like maybe naked photos of him on your Instagram feed. So I was like, what's going on here?
2: Naked because I admire the man, you know, like uh, the, the the skin tone and the words that come out of his mouth and the great mustache and wonderful hair. No homo. No, no. I just I just <laughs> love him, you know know what I'm saying? I love the guy.
1: He's very he's very handsome. He actually looks like a guy that I was just recently dating. And on a side note of a side note, uh, uh-huh. uh I just got I just got out of a relationship. I just got out of a relationship uh I, I'm not just, but you know, it feels like just. It was like four months ago but it was an intense uh-huh. breakup and and it continues to linger. So when you're talking about like that relationship you that weird you know it's a it's a different I don't know, it's like a different zone you enter when you have an ex, like it's mm-hmm. and I, I I complete I can't wait to see your movie because I feel like I'm experiencing that because I'm trying to you know I love him so much it's not working out I'm trying to date but this breakup is lingering and I and nobody will ever have the same connection with me that I have with this person just like I have you know special connections with all of my exes I totally
2: yeah like are you, you friends with um are you friends uh, with like um close friends with any of your exes
1: I am well you know here's the... uh I can call any of them. They all still love me. I love them for the most part. And mm-hmm. they're, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, I am actually really good friends with them. I mean, I can't, the 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 weird thing was, you just the detail was like, after this most recent breakup, I didn't feel mm-hmm. safe enough. I didn't really want to sleep with new people. So that, there's mm. like this moment where, where in that transition from breaking up with your latest person, I wanted to be cozy with someone and I wanted to feel connected to someone. So then I revisited falling into the arms of my previous previous exes you know
2: oh damn oh shit okay i hear you and
1: i didn't i didn't like that feeling i thought oh god i don't want to walk go backwards it didn't feel good so i like had sex with one ex right uh i nearly had sex with another ex and then i just made out and i just felt like you know what it's going to ruin the romanticized
2: uh invisible
1: vibe that we already have from our original love story now exactly you don't
2: want to like color that exactly.
1: Yeah, so it's so bizarre, but but I mean, but still, like I just want to listen. I'm going to throw it right back to you in a moment. But your 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 movie and what it's about and whatever, whatever like it's it's stuff that I just feel like I'm completely dealing with uh, this this week even because I went on I went on a date with a guy who looks like your friend mm-hmm. that you just said is
0: who, who you said uh-huh. is very
1: sexy. Um, okay. Went on a date with him yesterday. Uh, he is very sexy. Um, and I we, my ex came up and he said, you know, I said, listen, you know, I. Just got out of a thing, my ex is texting me and that, that affects me. And he said, Well, why is he texting you? And you that that's not okay. You should tell him to stop texting you. And I just looked at this guy and I'm thinking, I, I don't even know you. I just got out of this thing. I'm having my weird moment with my most recent ex, like, don't that's mm-hmm. my thing. I don't even want to be talking about my, my my breakup with this new person and I don't want to be told I'm not allowed to For sure.
2: I don't know.
0: It's so bizarre. Yeah. But it... so... yeah.
2: Um, that okay. is weird of him not to be more sensitive to you, you know, because it's, like, the first time you guys met. If anything, he should have just been, like, cure, borderline curious to give you a space to talk about it, or just, on the other hand, like, sensitive, like, do your thing. Like, you don't really owe him anything. It's just, like, a first date.
1: Oh, it wasn't a first date. It was, it was like, we've been dating for, like, a month or something or three weeks, but he went out of town for a oh. I don't know. We've, we've been yeah we've been, okay. we've been dating. We've been dating. We've been dating. So then, like... Okay, I don't know. This is, uh, this is I don't. I'm I'm already giving too many details. He's probably he's probably listening. But we we've been dating, but it's kind of you know. But yeah, I I don't think uh I think my breakup is intense. Breakups are intense, and what you have with an ex is uh it's fucking bizarre and and yeah a whole I don't know. Anyway, I'm excited to see your movie. Where's the trailer for your
0: movie?
2: It's on the YouTube. Like if someone just put um a wonderful cloud into the YouTube. Um, uh, they would get the trailer, and it's a pretty sick little trailer. I think. Have Have you seen that? You no, it? I
1: looked. I looked for it. I went to your website, and I thought it would be on your website. So I just assumed. You know, Don't I, I go I to my
2: it. website.
0: Come Why wouldn't I? Gonna, Why? If, Why would if I
2: you no, it? if you just search um a wonderful cloud, um on the YouTube, it'll be there, and it's it's pretty funny. It's like we made it to be like a, a throwback trailer to like a. The early '90s, Miramax, uh, Fine Line Pictures, Gramercy Pictures—like, you know, if you anyone who grew up around that time watching those VHSs from like Miramax, this is exactly the sort of trailer that they would put at the beginning, you know, for oh like God. Days and Confused, Reality Bites. We just—I literally just like stole little kind of things from all those trailers.
0: This is
1: amazing. Okay, I'm gonna put this on on my website uh, immediately following our thing so everybody can see it. But I couldn't find it originally. I found it now. I found it now. It's South see by it. Southwest 2015, accepted film. This is very exciting. Is this your first time having a film at the South by Southwest?
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, apparently, they say it's a pretty big deal. <laughs> it's, a big deal. Um, it's
1: a fucking huge, exciting deal. I'm like, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm so proud of you. It's amazing.
2: Thanks, Alexi. It's, it's all because of you. I think. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. Um, I am really excited. I want. I lo- I'm, I'm really pumped to see it with the big audience, like we've done a few little preview screenings and people usually go and start, are laughing it up, so to see with the big audience is going to just like really make me blow a load, you know what I mean? Oh, you're
1: yeah. going to send me a secret link though, so I can secretly blow a load, right?
2: Yeah, you can just blow all night and all day, like on the secret <laughs> link that I sent you. <laughs> I didn't
1: get my secret link, where the hell is my secret link?
2: Well, I didn't want to do, because what you said, like, you know, anyway, I, I just will do it after the show, you know?
1: Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, phone lines are open, everybody. Uh, hopefully, uh, I'm going to be talking to Lauren Avery tonight, if, uh, if she can pull herself away from what? What is she doing besides not calling into into my show?
2: Sure. She, it? you know, well, Lauren goes through a whole set of trials and tribulations, as far as I can tell, and she's often negotiating, you know, mm-hmm. um, friendship um, issues. With a sort of like personal improvement regimens um, and also you know love life, so she's a very um an interesting cat, and she's a lot going on, I bet, but don't we all <laughs> ah! <laughs> um
1: where are we inviting people to go? we're gonna get to, wait, I got some emails that have come in uh asking for Great. advice we don't mind we're gonna read some emails, but hold on. I just want to get to the pertinent details so people know where to find you. I'm sure, listen, listen to everybody out there listening, okay? Can you do me one favor? Just fucking pay attention to this for a moment. Um, all right. You're probably going to, listen, my demographic is this. Hip, cool, casual kids who want to be uh, part of the part of what's uh, current and, uh, you know, what they think they need to be at or whatever, and they just say, follow the crowd. And apparently the crowd's all going to South by Southwest. Eugene's going, if he has a legitimate reason, because this film is uh, premiering, uh, it's called The Wonderful Cloud. And you're gonna to want to go there. Why? Because I'm helping promote it. He's a cool dude. He's amazing at casting. So, by the way, yeah, the people you cast—it's,
0: I mean,
1: your taste yeah. in, in, in in casting is just like—it's—it's it's bizarre. It's interesting. It's special. It's dynamic. Like you, you cast the most kooky, interesting, special people.
2: Hey, that means uh, that actually means a lot to me because I think. That really does mean a lot to me, actually, because I think, especially in this type of movie, it's 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 it, you need to have magnetic people on camera. You need to have people that that the viewers just can't turn their eyes away from. There's too many boring people um in front of the camera these days. You know, it's like I don't I don't know. It's it's you just gotta yeah. pick right people. That that's why I'm excited to work with you again. Just well, saying, I hope so. I, do have
1: an int- I have an I have I have an interesting face. I know. Listen, it's all over my Instagram. There's selfies left and right for you to remind yourself of
2: boy Oh, my Facebook you're are you're, you're clearly <laughs> a, 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 un, a, un, a uniquely magnetic and deranged person that I'm looking forward I'm, to. i putting...
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Did,
1: did you hear that, mommy? My mom listens to every episode of Boy Crazy Radio, and she critiques me. And she gives me notes. Um, she's gonna love this death, I know it. Um. Hello.
2: I hope. Well, tell her to send me notes too, because. You know, a lot of people say that I have a face for radio but uh, yeah. you know, my voice is another story.
1: You're sultry. Listen, it didn't I think you're I think you're a dynamo. I, I think you're cute.
2: Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'll let my so girlfriend you, know.
1: Oh, ah, who's your girlfriend?
2: Oh, Joan Howard Lee. Yeah, she's real special. Talented who's type. That? She's like a genius. Um, actually she makes clothes. Her clothing line is called Barf Queen. <laughs> Shout out to Barf Queen.
0: <laughs>
2: um, no, she's really great. She helped out in the movie. She did production design in the movie. She made this very, very realistic poop in the movie. That's a plays a big role, all these, these poops. And she made really realistic uh, cum in the movie. There's a lot of cum in the movie. <laughs> Can you believe <laughs> I made a wrong? Um, with like poop and cum, That's pretty good. Right? Oh my god,
1: it's, this is uh, it's already a classic. This is uh, oh my god. Well, I don't like bodily function talks, but then I'm trying not to tell people what my what I don't like. To you, talk don't, about, you, don't just, like you don't like that? You don't like that? Well, I don't but like that's Like, yeah,
0: what? I don't like It's real about, life. It is, you know?
1: thank you. Thank you for finally fucking making myself just look at myself in the mirror and be like, this is real life. This is real. Life. I know it's real life, but listen, we all curate our lives, right? That's what we do on Instagram. For sure. That's what, that's what we do with our outfits and the people we surround ourselves with and, you know, who we choose not to be near. And I just don't like, yeah, I don't like I don't like any bodily function talk, like especially the F word. I'm just going to give away, oh, my God, if I walk into a room of anybody who ever heard this show, I just feel like all they're going to mm-hmm. do is, like, chant all, all these words that I'm saying that I don't like. But I don't like the F A. R T word. I don't like the P O O Uh T word. I don't. I don't like the phrase P O O P O O. That's really gnarly to me. Um,
2: Have you ever heard anyone uh, combine the S H I T word with the S A R T word? Oh no! I don't want. Oh
1: no! I don't like that. No, no. But you know what? That 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 word is not as (laughs) piercing as like like here. Here I don't. I'm not going to say this word because I don't do these things. I'm not. I'm not a disgusting monster like everybody else is. But like
0: right i want exactly.
1: you to, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna spell out this word this word this uh-huh. phrase and i want you to say it slowly so people can know how gnarly it is and how horrible it flows out of your mouth okay ready
0: okay sure
1: here's here's the word p o o p o o action
2: what was that plateau p
1: no p o o p o o
2: Oh, I see. I see. I see. I get it. You want me to say that on on air right now?
1: I want you to say that slow, so people can know how like weird and gross and gnarly it is, and how it like right. rips out of a mouth all Really,
2: weird. really slow, but don't interrupt me, okay? Really slow. Okay. All right.
0: Okay. <laughs> I thought that sounded nice. You thought that was gross. <laughs> yeah, <I
1: don't> know. <laughs> oh my god, I hate it. Actually, you made it sound kind of cute. Um, yeah, it was cute. Right? Yeah. When you say it, it's cute. Um, now, your girlfriend now, who's a genius,
2: who? Oh is, yeah, she's so talented. I think. The best piece of relationship I can give, even though I'm 12 years old, the best piece of relationship advice I can give to anyone before they even call in, can I say something? Please. I think you have to be with someone that you admire. Like, you have to be with someone that you can continue to look up to, not just discover, because I think that happens over time. You discover new facets and nuances of the people that you're with. Hopefully, if you're curious and if you care about them, but not just that. You need to also, I think, look up to the person, or at least I do, because the second that you think that you're better than them, or that you, or that they don't have anything to offer to you in terms of teaching you something, or in terms of revealing something about yourself to you, then then it's over. You're just not. Oh you're you're not gonna have the passion anymore, and you're not gonna have the. You're not going to want to impress them anymore. You're not going to have the drive to love, in a way. You this, know.
1: This is crazy that you're saying this because I just had this exact same revelation earlier today, where I thought, "Oh my god!" Well, wow. It's twofold. Here, it's twofold. I had the exact same thought. I swear to fuck, this is insane. Because I thought, one, I can't, I can't date someone who isn't creative. I can't date some boring <laughs> business person who doesn't know what it's like. To make something out of nothing and be brave mm. and, and create something, I just can't do it. And I don't. It doesn't mean they have to be a writer or uh, or an actor. They can be anything, but it has to be like I need to be able to speak that language to someone where they know what it's like to be up till six in the morning doing something because you want to be doing it and, and to generate shit out of nothing and to be like, you know, you put your stuff out there and people don't totally. like it and it's terrifying. And that's a really specific,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, lifestyle choice. Like you Feel do it, it. Yeah, I do it. It's and my I have stand up comedian friends who I mean like actors, musicians like I get it. Like and I I love those people and when they're good at what they do and there's a mutual respect even with my friends, I feel so proud. I go, "Oh my god, like like with you, I'm so proud. I'm so proud I was in one of your films. I'm so proud that you are so prolific. You continue to make things. I'm so excited to see this movie. Like this is like right up my alley. This is I'm just and I mm-hmm. and It's a it's a special type of person. It's like and it takes a lot of like you know you go broke in the midst of all of it. You know you don't you know what I mean? Like it takes a lot of. uh, You go broke or,
2: or you you could go broke. You could no, or you could go broke and go bald like me.
1: (laughs) Did you go Did you go bald because of of stress or something? I mean I don't understand.
2: Yeah I think so. Like actually because you know the movie that we made, it took me um, four years to finish it. I don't know if you remember that. But yeah, it, I, was, it, was in, it was it was it was it was yeah, it was incredibly torturous, and uh, caused me i think a lot of my hair and a lot of my health, and um you know it was it was a crazy experience, and it was exactly what you're describing, just lots of lots of risks, you know when you make something, it's just a big risk, but then, on the other hand it it was a glorious lesson, like I think I don't think that people can change fundamentally who they are. But definitely we get, we, life gives us lessons, right? And so because of what happened with Zeros and Ones, I was like, never again will I take a long time to make anything, you know? And so, like, A Wonderful Cloud, actually, it, this is crazy, the whole movie from its, from its sperm spark, you know, for the first spark of it until we finished was about, like, four and a half months. And that's Are really not. Are you nuts. serious?
0: Are you yeah. serious?
2: Like I thought – I basically had one scene on June 8th. like the one scene in my head on June 8th, and I pitched it to this incredible guy, this painter guy, who the whole movie – the reason the whole movie – it happened is because of this painter and Kate. And this painter guy just gave me money based on this one scene that I thought of for him. And then that was June 8th. And then on um, by July – and at that point I just had a scene. I had no script, no cast, no crew – no nothing, it's just me and Kate in a scene where two exes are fighting and going at each other's throats, and then all of a sudden the fireworks go off, and the camera rises in the air, and it's like the fucking 4th of July, and then the camera comes back down to the couple that was fighting, and now they're fucking, you know? Can you can you believe um, that?
1: Is this Raymond, uh, how do you say his last name? Pettibon? Pettibon?
2: Oh, no, the artist's name is, is Christian Rosa. He's a local painter, and he's, well, he's from Austria by way of Brazil, but um, he uh, lives in L.A. the last three years, and he's just really, like, one of the most dynamic people in the art world, and uh, there's a lot of heat and energy around his work, and he has a solo show, actually, on the 19th at White Cube in London, which is one of the biggest galleries in the world, and he's just been a fan of my work for, like, the last few years, and he said. Yo, Eugene, man, we gotta fucking make a movie together and I'm like, Christian, I don't know, I don't know. He's like, Whatever it is, you come at me, you tell me what it is and we're gonna do it And then I just told him the idea and and, and he loved the scene and I and just you know, it's the best possible case scenario in the world where someone gives you money based on a spark that you have and then never messes with you until you give them a final cut and then they just hug you and say, I love this shit, good job. <laughs> yeah. Oh like How much was, can I ask? What was the budget? It was it was very small, you know. I I I'm gonna I'd say probably our movie has a smaller budget than any fictional feature film that's playing at South by Southwest. I'm gonna go out and say that. But if you watch it, you're gonna be like, "Damn, this looks tight. This looks really on point." Because we just, cause basically everybody worked for free. Like everybody just dedicated their lives to this movie for. You know, a really compressed but exhausting period of time, and and I don't know. I just I'm lucky. I work with people who get what I'm trying to do and believe in the projects that I'm putting forward, and I think that shows up on the screen. I hope you know.
1: I'm so excited to see this. I have more thoughts on what we're talking about as far as like what you need in another person to, or a
2: relationship to,
1: to sustain Please, itself. Please Sorry to tangent first. But first, no, no, I love that. That's the whole point of the show. But first, we're going to take our first call of the evening. Area code 925,
3: you're on with Eugene. Hello? Hi, Alexi and Eugene.
0: Hi. Hello.
1: Hi.
3: Um, this is Sarah. I'm 25, and I'm from San Francisco.
0: Well, Ooh. hello.
1: Welcome to the show. So tell us what's going on with you. Thanks.
3: Um. Well, I apologize. It's not a very exciting question. But I was just wondering, Alexi, I think you have super beautiful long hair, and I was wondering if you use any, like, oils or vitamins, like, any kind of things that you recommend that you use.
1: This is so funny because Eugene was so excited to, like, dispense amazing love advice. because He's so he's so smart and in tune and, you know, uh, with everything. And then not only did we just mention that he lost his hair, but the question you're asking has nothing to do with him. And he can't even really relate. <laughs> I
0: know. No. I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs>
2: so I had no, apologize. No, it's, it's totally fine. I actually can answer the question.
3: Okay, that would be great.
0: <laughs> yeah, because
2: um let me t- let me tell you even though I'm balding intensely on the top of my dome, my hair mm-hmm. is the longest that it's ever been. It's actually past my shoulders. I kind of look like a 21st century Gallagher if that's a reference that makes sense. Oh. And okay. um and and so I've never had to deal with like, you know, like knots, my hair being in knots or dreads or like, you know, split ends and now I'm dealing with all this stuff. So uh-huh. just just coming from a real uh, kind of retarded 28-year-old balding male's perspective <laughs> with really long hair in the back, um, uh-huh. I love this uh, tea tree oil shampoo and conditioners that I've been using mm-hmm. um, from, okay. I don't know, I don't know from where. And then uh, this is going to be a shocker to any female listening, but definitely got to get a brush. Don't use a comb. <laughs> use a oh. brush. Wow. Oh yeah. This is I am using here Trader Joe's registered trademark Tea Tree Tingle. Invigorate with peppermint, tea tree, and eucalyptus botanicals. All right.
3: Well, sounds nice.
2: Yeah.
3: Or maybe that could a
2: better answer. I don't know.
1: I mean, thank you. Never, I don't. Ask, you're well. Me. Uh, thank you as well. I. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, let me see. What do I? My answer is not even as dynamic, uh, and my hair is exciting. Uh, let's see. All right. Um, well, I, I do take a lot of vitamins, but I usually forget to take my vitamins, but I, I look at them and I go, I should take those. And then I don't, but then I do every once in a while, like once or twice a month. And then I think maybe that's just something to do with my extreme, uh, my hair grows very fast, but maybe that's just in my, uh, in my, uh, in my family or something. Okay. My, what do I use? This answer is actually humiliating. I love Target. I love to go to Target. I feel safe there. I feel like they have everything you need at a moment's notice. If you spill on your shirt, you can just get a Hanes pack of 3 t-shirts um they have power bars and cliff bars and, and Gatorade whatever you need so what i do is i buy my shampoo at target because it's just one thing i can i can uh, check off the list when i'm there just like trying to find some kind of like safety in los angeles for myself or whatever uh
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, so i i use herbal essence isn't that, <coughs> is that embarrassing
0: i use i use herbal <laughs> i love essence. it
1: it smells good
0: yeah that's it's funny all, it,
1: it smells good. It's called Herbal Essence, and it's like it looks very, like, 80s, and, and uh, I use the yellow one. What else do I use? You know what? And then I bought this stuff. Uh, oh, God. I'm already bored by this answer. But I bought this stuff. It's like uh, it gives you texture. It's like salt. It's salt water spray or something that you put in your hair, and uh, I'll run and try to check it out. But also, you know what? I do take biotin supplements, and... That's yeah, that's what life. I was gonna ask
3: because I've been thinking of biotin, but I heard it causes breakouts. But I don't know; what? it depends on how much you take. What? I don't know. No, 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 no. Biotin. Okay, I'm looking at it here.
1: I I bought this stuff called Aqua aquage It's basically Aqua with a G and an E after it, and it's called Sea Salt Texturizing Spray, and it gives you an effortless, I don't care, but I do care, chic on the go kind of look, you know. And okay. what else is there? Here's and then and then and then we're saying goodbye to you. But I uh. Uh, because I'm, me and everybody else uh, is terrified of, we're all terrified of aging or whatever, I use Ultra Collagen Booster uh, that I get it I get at Whole Foods. I use BioSil, which is good for hair, skin, and nails.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: I use, and I take this stuff called Silica. Uh, it's for skin, eruptions, brittle hair, and nails. So listen, listen back to the rebroadcast of this. If you're like, what the fuck did she say? Herbal Essence, and then what? Then you'll, see. It's, it's all in here. And then, you know.
3: Yeah, I'm totally writing it down as you speak. Thank you so much for all the information to both of you.
2: Hey, hey. Oh, you're welcome.
1: You're welcome. Are you excited about A Wonderful Cloud?
3: I'm so excited. It sounds really interesting. I was planning on checking out the uh, trailer after your broadcast.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. That's exactly what I was going to say. It'll be up there, and I'm very excited about it. And uh, he's a big deal. You're going to, like, look back a year from now and be like, I was talking to Eugene. And if I could pronounce his last
2: name, I would have included that in the mix. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Cotley Aranko? <laughs> Cotley Aranko. Right? Perfect.
2: Perfect. Every time, Lexi. You nailed it. I love
1: it. Hotly-Ranko. This is amazing. Okay, well, listen. God bless. We're hanging up on you. Have a great life. Uh, we did
0: Bye. It.
1: Bye. Um. All right. I'm going to read an email in a second. But here's the thing. Everybody, this is what I was leading up to before. We've got Eugene on the line. He's a filmmaker, he's a mover and a shaker, he's making cool shit, uh, he's, he's balding, that's how much he cares about uh, with, you know, trying to entertain you and uh, be part of the conversation, all right? That matters. Okay, take that in, absorb it, and let it mean something to you. So if you're a South by Southwest, you probably will be, because you're probably a follower, you have no business being there, you're not talking at a tech convention thing, you are You don't have a film out there, you're doing nothing, you're going to the parties, why not see a goddamn movie, you fucking follower? And here's what, what you're going to do. You're going to go to the premiere and then maybe go to the after party if you, you know, if you're cool enough, if you look cool, uh, if you went to see the film. And uh, it's, okay, the premiere is on Sunday, March 15th, this Sunday, March 15th. uh, Yeah, what's the time? 5 p.m. to 621 p.m.? (laughs) 5 (laughs) p.m. I love it. All the information is right in front of me. And it's at the Alamo Lamar A. Is that right?
2: That's absolutely right. And I encourage everyone to come, especially if they're thinking of purchasing the film for millions of dollars.
1: (laughs) That's another thing I want to get to. Yes, this is very important. Uh, It's it's almost as important as the premiere and the after party at Cheer Up Charlie's. All right. So it's Sunday, March 15th, 5 p.m. South by Southwest. Be there because there's a chance I'll make out with you. If if you go there and you tell me you saw it and you went because you heard about it on Boy Crazy Radio or if you're a friend of a friend, I might just, you know, and or if, I might just kiss you. And if you don't want me to, I will definitely won't kiss you. And either way, you win. So I'm just trying to give some kind of whatever. I'm just trying to give somebody an incentive.
2: I, I appreciate that promotional tie-in, Alexi. That's very brave and generous of you to give a kiss for the film. <sighs> Perfect promotional tie-in. But they better give yeah. you some photo evidence that they were there, you know. They better oh, pose with fo- me.
1: Oh. Yes, here's what we need you to do, everybody. If you go to South by Southwest, and you want to be my new friend, and you want me to follow you on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, or just have an email or rapport with me, or want me to kiss you on the cheek if we run into each other at Whole Foods. Here's what you need to do, or Target. You need to see the film, take a photo of the, you know, have photographic evidence, put it on your Instagram, tag it, hashtag a wonderful cloud, and there you go. And then you should follow Eugene here, the wizard master behind uh, everything creative and cool, but most recently, a wonderful cloud. Uh, follow him at. And you you
2: you blowing up my spot, girl. Go for it. I'm trying it. to.
1: Fucking, I'm blowing up your spot. I want to try to pronounce your, your Instagram handle correctly. It's Mad About Huge. E U G. Yeah yeah
2: yeah. yeah. I like that famous uh, romantic comedic TV show Mad About You, but Mad About <laughs> Huge. Get it? E U G.
0: You heard it here first.
1: Mad About Huge. Um. I feel really good about this. This is a great day. And then it's also playing on Monday, March 16th at 9.45 p.m. at the satellite venue, Alamo, Slaughter. Yeah,
2: it's, play, it's playing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You can look it up on the South by Southwest website. Um It's playing four nights in a row, and each one is going to be incredible and unique. And I just... I know you have a lot of industry listeners, Alexi. I know that the the Hollywood film industry often looks to you to be the gatekeeper of sort of a youth-oriented, rebellious, uh, wonderful, beautiful, sexy culture. And so for all of those industry people listening, you will be at those screenings or else.
1: Yeah, you better fucking be there. I didn't even know this about myself, so thank you very much. I feel good. For a moment, I was I, earlier today, I was uh, I was at a low point, but now I feel good when I hear you describe me
2: to me. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, what is that stuff not true? Because that's what my handler told me.
1: Oh, my God. No, it's all true. It's all true. Listen, we're all <laughs> No, I'm to kidding. Um, okay. Jeez. Uh, so you got all the info. Uh, what else do we need to
2: talk about? Oh, oh
1: man. Somebody just tweeted in.
2: People can visit my website if they want to see my other work. It's quite good. And it's a funny named website. It's www.everybodyloves.me. There you go, guys.
1: That's it. There you go. There it is. Lucas, Luca Bop, at Luca Bop, just tweeted, Perry Gilliam's production company is called POOPOO Pictures. I'm not going to say it. I don't care. I can't say it
2: whose production company is called that terry gilliam i see yeah yeah he, uh, he, he is an iconic um auteur if you will who has made several incredible several, several great movies
0: who <laughs> who uh
1: who like why did you i know i'm going all over the place but i mean you know i've never had you on the show before and i think it's,
2: and sure. i listened to
1: a lot of howard what would you say
2: no nothing go on
1: oh man um I've been listening, i listened to a lot of Howard Stern, I love his interviews, I feel like he, you know,
2: goes, he is all over
1: the place, runs the gamut,
2: uh, he's yeah. the best, I agree with you, he, he is. is the best,
1: he's the best, and I listened to him interview Madonna today, and I was like, this is amazing, oh my god, I can't believe, it. she was, she's finally been on the show, and whatever, anyway, so, I just, there's so many things I want to ask you, because I'm all inspired by that, but uh, why, and this is such a fucking, uh, I'm, whatever, why did you decide at what point in your life were you like, I have to be a filmmaker? Like when, and what, when did this moment happen?
2: Oh, okay. Now we're talking about true love, right? Now we're talking about real love. Um, pretty early, pretty, pretty early, Alexi. Um, it's like, let me just break it down real fast. When I was a kid, when I was like 10 or 11, you know, I was like wanting to be real smart. Right. So I would read like the real smart people books that I heard were for smart people. Like, uh, Moby Dick or like, you know, like War and Peace. I would try to read these things or, or Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> um, so I would read these long tomes, okay, and then I would try to like, oh, smart people, they like classical music. So I listened to like uh, Beethoven and uh, Mozart and all that sort of shit, right? And then um, the, around this time, the uh, real quick, I'm going to tell you, AFI, they made the list of 100 Greatest American Movies. I saw it on TV. Uh, my family just got an AOL, America Online Internet. And so uh, I I went online, I got the list, and I pretended like I had just put it together myself. I copy-pasted it into Microsoft (laughs) Word. I printed it out, and I went to the library with the list in my hand, and the first movie that I randomly found on the shelf from the list was called A Clockwork Orange. Um, It had a cool cover, and I took it home, and I watched it, and it blew my mind away it was incredible it's like nothing i'd ever experienced i was like 11 years old you know and uh, yeah. and, and 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 that movie spe- specifically showed me how powerful movies can be because what movies do what movies can do when they are like a next level is that they synthesize the greatest things about literature photography about music about performance about all those things and put them into one thing you know So movies, you know, it's like, it's the seventh art. It's the apex of all the art because it can utilize what is powerful about each of those things and turn it into just a really immersive, incredible um, experience for the receiver, you know? So uh, basically with that movie, I was hooked. I didn't really, you know, the other stuff paled in comparison. And then, you know, at a certain point you watch enough movies, you're like, fuck, I have a story I need to tell. I have a bunch of stories I need to tell and you just, you just do it. You just start doing it. And there's not. And especially now, like, if there were smartphones when I was, like, 11 or 12, I would have been filming everything on a smartphone. And I've I, I actually made, like, three movies, not, like, real movies, but movies that I just put up for whomever, like, diaries of my life from smartphone footage, you know? So uh, anyone who gets the movie bug, I think they should try to make some movies, you know? Oh, God, I know.
1: You've inspired me too. That's all I want to do, but I take so long. You know, like I I would be the one. I would be like you with four years with zeros and ones, where I'm just like panic stricken, or I want things to be perfect, and I overthink everything. Like a oh, gift, give, give. This is perfect. This is great. Give people listening. I mean, I don't know. Give kids who are listening, who want to be filmmakers, give them some advice. Like if it's something you wish a kernel of knowledge you wish you had learned earlier
2: on. Um. Well, one, number one, like don't, kind of like what you were saying, I like, kind of like don't overthink things. Just do it, you know, like just do it. Because making a movie is so hard, you can't wait around. You just have to like jump, dive in, jump in. And especially like, you know, like, when I get ideas for a movie, I'll just see an image in my head or a scenario in my head, and it's just like I won't be able to escape it, you know. It haunts me. And so you, when you have that, you need to figure out the quickest path to making a movie out of that idea or that image or that scenario as soon as you can because you need to hold on to that spark. Like what I learned over time is that the closer – the faster you can – do something from the moment of the spark in your mind till you're editing it and done editing it. The, I think the better the movie is going to be, and the more the viewers will feel the energy and the excitement and enthusiasm you had about it. So I guess my one piece of advice is just you know do it and don't let anything stop you and do it as quick as you can. You know give it. Obviously think about it. Put you have fun. I mean also movie making ain't easy. It's really hard. You never sleep when you're really in the thick of it and you're trying to do something, you never sleep. Everyone kind of like is on, on, your, on your butt and everyone's kind of in your face. And you have to do like probably immoral things like manipulate people and lie and take longer than you told anyone and not pay. You know, there's all sorts of, it's all complicated and can be really problematic. But um, I guess my one piece of advice is like, you know, if you recognize how hard it is and you're willing to put in all of like the work and the torture and the no sleep and the baldness and the pain, like then you better just go do it. Like if you're willing to sacrifice then just just rock it, like attack it, you know, because it's no one's gonna do it for you, you know? Well and
1: I I feel the same way as far as like an aud an audience be able to feel the energy attach the movie if you mm-hmm. if you generate it more quickly. I completely agree with that because I feel that when I with writing, like, because, you know, I have you know, I have my blog and, you know, everybody has a blog, but it's like I feel that mm-hmm. my, my best posts are when I am in the moment feeling shitty, feeling suicidal, feeling horrible, whatever the feeling is I'm having or, or you know, elated or whatever it is. If I fucking knock it out, I'm up till 6 in the morning and I, I have to write this thing and then press publish, swear to God, I completely agree that I, the – yeah the energy is attached to the thing. you can feel it when you read it, and I've gotten that response from people and you know and then when I linger on something and it takes months to finish, I kind hmm. of well uh, it's like it does lose the energy of the thing but
2: uh absolutely um, i think you're you're absolutely right and 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 it's especially true nowadays because we're living in immediacy you know that has an aura to it immediacy does, and we live like in an- attention economy you know where people are constantly getting bombarded with so much stuff so it's actually to the benefit of the creative person to put out um as quickly and as um you know prolifically as they can because there's just there's so much so much stuff out there you know in a way you just have to keep doing it and and, and there's something kind of like kafkaesque about you know i mean there's something kind of like hellish about that on one hand but on the other hand it is also like there's nothing there's no middleman but ta- time can be a very, um, like, pathetic middleman that separates you from that feeling that you were talking about. And, um, you know, it's nice to overcome that. It's nice to defeat that, you know.
1: And how do you make a living? And oh, two questions. One is, well, first, how do you make mm-hmm. a living and not go broke and or live in your car?
2: Well, I've been like basically doing this, supporting myself um, for three years. Before that, I was like making movies and I had like kind of full time jobs, like as the art department or like uh, editorial coordinator at a 3D company. But the last three years, I've been lucky enough to survive a very meager, <laughs> a very meager uh, lifestyle. Um, a combination of making music videos. I've probably made like 15 music videos in the last two years and um, kind of writing several scripts that ultimately didn't get produced uh, for other people. Um, so a combination of those things. And then, uh, uh, well, I made a show, Feast of Burden, and we sold ah, that. I
1: love it. Oh, I featured that on my website. You guys, everybody, please watch this web series, Feast of Burden, because that, Feast of Burden and Poundhouse. Have you seen Poundhouse?
2: Uh yeah I've seen some 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 of that that's really funny.
1: Well fuck that we're talking about you never mind so it's hard to bring that up. Yeah. But like both of these I mean Eugene's web series I I put it on my website it's uh I I loved it it was just you know it was uh yeah. Thanks I
2: loved it. Yeah yeah,
1: yeah. so um, uh, we,
2: I was able to make a little bit of money off of that yeah. So you know it's definitely hard to be an independent filmmaker in this world. Um for whatever reason I haven't crossed like you know I just haven't spent time with like we both live in LA, you know how to navigate that industry world because you're smart and talented and cool and get it. And I kind of like, haven't quite, you know, I haven't quite conquered that universe yet or kind of maybe don't want to. So, so you kind of just scrape by any which way you can, you know, you take on part-time jobs, you hopefully get videos, get maybe a little commercial and, and, you know, the idea is to sell, like, I would love to sell this movie, you know, I would love to make the next movie with a budget where I can be paid. <laughs> you know. But um,
1: yeah. I yeah. I'm um it's interesting because you say that I, I've conquered it. It's like to me, I've not conquered anything. I look to you and I go, Oh my god, I have such respect for you because and I know tonight is about you, but I will mention my other filmmaker friends that I have a deep, deep respect for. I've got you know, David Lowry, uh he made he was the D P on uh on he he was a DP, of my short, a bunch of short films that I made that I wrote a lot, like years ago, and now he's like completely blowing up. And he went through the exact same thing that you're going through, where it's like you know taking jobs he didn't really want to take, being an editor, doing all these things, and like you know very you know very broke. And then finally, it's caught up where people see, you know, he's he's getting success finally, but it took a long a long time. And you know, I've got friends Ty West and there's a million other amazing people who I'm just in awe of of people who can you guys write stuff. Then you make it, Mm -hmm. and you complete this thing. For me, I'm I don't think I've conquered anything. I mean, I do stuff, but I want to be doing what you're doing. And I because on this side of it, I've sold television shows that have never gotten made. You get a little bit of money. I'm not ungrateful. It's awesome, and you get a little bit of buzz, maybe, but nobody really knows about it because the shows never get made. So, and then and then I on the other hand, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm an actress. I go out for auditions, but that's its own beast and so I make make my day job is a commercial actress so but my goal is Mm. to 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 do what you do it's like it's a it's a special thing I'm completely terrified like to to go oh my god where do you get the money for this thing when is the draft going to be ready when when is it going to be good enough to shoot and that brings me to my next question and I'm talking very fast because uh I have all these thoughts and feelings and things I want to talk to you about but who do you get notes from and do you get notes? When you write your feature, how long does it take you to write the script and who do you show it to first, if anybody?
2: It just depends what it is. like. um, So the last year I've been writing a movie about internet trolls, which is basically done at this point. Um, And that's like a more arduous process that involves like crafting the characters and really figuring out a really cool, clever structure and twists and all that. And, you know, I want that to be like, a huge budget movie with, like, big-name stars that is, like, you know, basically, like, Goodfellas, but about Internet trolls, you know? like. And so that takes a while. And, and, and I've kind of been writing it with help from Joan, my girlfriend, because actually, like, it helps me think to kind of say the things out loud first. And then she's, like, a no-bullshit person. Like, she, like, you know, she's not a writer or anything like that, but she can definitely – Tell me when something sounds like out of character or just like whack or like uninteresting or convoluted or something you know, but she's really helpful um uh, but I actually ultimately don't really i i I love that films are collaborative and and basically a wonderful cloud I was looking I, I did the little behind the scenes packet the other day, and I wrote the whole outline for the movie in two hours, you know, <laughs> which is crazy um um, and like like one thirty AM to three thirty A. M. Like on June eleventh. Like I saw the Google document. You know how you can do revision history, so it's really nuts. Yeah. But that was that was based on like maybe like thirty emails Kate and I had written to each other the weeks before. And then I brought that to Brandy, the producer, and Dan the D P and we went through my little like whatever treatment together and they gave me some notes and I made revisions and then Joan gave me some notes. And then at the end of the day, we had, like, a treatment, you know, like a 30-page treatment with, like, 65 scenes. And uh, that's what the movie was, more or less. I mean, we improvised uh, most of the dialogue in the movie. And that, um, is one, that to me, is the hardest part of uh, script writing, the dialogue, you know. Um, yeah. So, but actually, for, but, you know, it varies. Because at Feast of Burden, for instance, like, I wrote all that dialogue. And that, I that movie had some pretty funny dialogue in it. And that took me, like, three days that was so fast so it just it just depends like in my in my experience it's weird it's like when i kind of like just feel like oh i don't really like like wonderful cloud was like something i wanted to do like while i was finishing troll it like seemed small on me and then it, you know it came out so personal and so i know i think it's entertaining so personal entertaining um and feast of burden too is just something i wanted to I, something i wanted to do while i was finishing this. Uh, erotic thriller that i was writing at the time you know so it's a little bit silly but like the things that get done sometimes maybe they're the things that you kind of aren't treating as seriously as the sort of bigger scale more complicated projects that you're trying to consciously dedicate yourself to so so maybe that's a strategy too for you you know
1: to not not care as much right
2: Kind of. Like, I don't want to say it like that because, like, anytime you're working, like, 22 hours a day for, like, six months in a row, you obviously care about something, and that's, like, what I had to do for Wonderful Cloud. But it just it didn't come from the same place of, like, you know. Although I knew it was cool that me and Kate used to go out and we were going to play X's on screen and we were going to use our rapport and stuff. Like, I knew that was unique and cool about it, so it wasn't, like, Oh, this is just bullshit or anything. But then everything else is kind of like, let's just make this fun and funny and like do it as quick as we can because we have no money, kind of energy, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. You don't, but you don't get. But you don't hand over the script to like your other writer friend if you. You know, I don't even know if you have them. But if you have uh, other
2: writers, n not, or... not. Not really because. Uh, because I know that if especially since I'm gonna direct it, like I just know that I'm gonna like change it as I go. Once I actually get with key collaborators, people who are really gonna understand what my vision is. So like the other writers, while I r- might respect their writing, I'm like maybe too defensive or just kinda like my whole attitude is like, Well, you don't actually get the rib- like, you know, you don't really get how I'm gonna execute this, but okay. You know what I mean? Um totally. it's maybe a little bit immature of me to do that because I know that feedback is important. But um, you know, there's a few people I get feedback from, and I listen to them for sure. I'm not trying to be like whatever, but I just know that I have a I have a specific thing that I like, and it, it doesn't matter whether people don't like it on the page because when I finish with the movie, I'm gonna make sure people like it on the screen, you know?
1: And ultimately, you have to like it. That's the, that's the main thing. It's like your yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I mean, I would never think that you would ever. I mean, I would never suggest giving giving a script to somebody you didn't. Completely respect and like whatever they would say you would actually value. So that would be ridiculous and such a waste of time.
0: But yeah. scary.
2: It's scary yeah. to give something like that to someone that you really respect, because then what if they give you notes and you're like, oh my god, they're right. But then you, then that's what I'm saying. You kind of sacrifice the like purity of the initial spark that you had. You know, you oh, have to remain what? true to I don't, true to that. I, you know?
1: I don't know though. Yeah. That's the thing. I I know we weren't going to talk about this, but we're having a, we're having a discussion about about your process and about whatever. But I wrote this first draft or something, and I thought, oh my god, I'm terrified. I don't want to send send it to anyone, but I want to try to make it. I want to make it as great as it can possibly be. So I sent it to David Lowry. I sent it to Alex Ross Perry. I sent it to my filmmaker friends that I respect, and I'm like, I will send it to you if you would ever read it. But this is for another time when you're done promoting a wonderful film. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. but I, but I, but I totally agree. It is, it is one of the most terrifying, vulnerable things to let somebody see a first draft because, uh, because a first draft. I'm sure I don't know if this is how you go about it, but from from when I write and from what I've talked to other people about it. <laughs> I'm coughing on the air. Excuse me. I'm muting. Us. Hold on. You can't edit yourself while you're writing. Like, you have to just fucking vomit it up, get it out there, and then you at least have something to kind of, like, shape or whatever. But, yeah, it's terrifying as fuck to give it to someone. But don't you think that, like, if you already respect them and yeah. hopefully they're and, they're and they're your friend and they know how to talk to you, they're not going to be like, dude, this is bullshit. I don't like this. Research. They would be like, okay, well, I see what you're doing here. I already respect what your vision is, you are. So I feel like you, Eugene, you lean towards—not to label you, but from my perspective, you lean towards the kooky and absurd. You know, you're not a normal guy. You a, that's why you're so special. Like you, you know, your stuff is very colorful and it's exciting and it's bizarre and and like that's so special. So you have your own way of doing stuff. Of course, other people are not going to have the same take. But if you respect the people you give your script to, is there a chance that they could present a question that you would go, have to answer? Like, well, in this scene with this girl, uh, what if? In the scene, blah, blah blah, like you took it a little bit deeper. Do you think there's a way that I could? Because you, you asked I, I, me. I, I, sorry, to I, ask uh, this one thing. Though. you asked me. You uh, know, Alexei, you seem like that. You know, you you haven't figured out or navigated the the business end of the stuff, or you're not mainstream. Not that you're trying to be, but you know, you you are not you're not mainstream. But I think you want to be, and you want to make bigger budget movies and stuff. Do you think that there's anything in the way you go about what you do that gets in your way, maybe?
2: Oh, huh. Um yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like I definitely feel like my sensibility is could be appealing to a lot of people. Uh in terms of like the feedback thing, like I think it's useful. Like when you're writing kind of like you know what things you think are really good and then you know yeah. what things you think are kind of like iffy, you know what I mean? So when you give it up to other people and then they say like, oh, this thing is, there's a problem here or like this, I didn't buy this character and it's the thing that you thought was iffy, then that's like kind of a good confirmation to you that you need to improve that thing or that you copped out or it wasn't good enough. But if someone says to me this thing that I think is awesome, uh, they don't get it or it's not good well, then maybe I would maybe think about how I present it in the script or even in the final product and, like, how I edit it together. But the fundamental, like, um, thing in and of itself I would never touch because I just, you know, you have to remain true to, like, your your vision, you know. So, like, like yeah, totally, kill your babies and, like, you know, hear people out. When when they kind of reinforce for you something that you thought was iffy to begin with, but I don't think, you know, I guess I just I just yeah I mean it, so it's like, it's like look I'm trying I'm literally trying to make things that are only entertaining you know I'm trying to fu- get this balance of like comp- just having people's attention at all times just having them fucking immersed and like loving all of this shit that's coming at them uh, nonstop with, like, things that are really personal to me. And, like, um, I just don't think that 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 many people out there are, like, so committed, or at least filmmakers I know are just fully committed to entertainment like me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And certainly certainly they don't care about things that are personal. I mean, they could care about things that are personal to me, but they don't, you know, they're not going to explore it uh, the same way I'm going to explore it.
1: Completely. And and, I mean, go on. Oh, I'm with you, right? What's up? Oh no, no. I was just, I was just gonna say no, yeah. I I only meant like sharing sharing with your inner circle, not not like you know the people at large or anybody you know. I, I just meant like your your closest people that you actually really respect. But no, but yeah, I I I have a. I, I, I just don't think. It, yeah, go on. Sorry.
2: No, I I just feel I just feel I want to start listening to people once we're trying to make the same movie. You know, like once we're there and like they're on my team and we're collaborating to make the same movie then I'm happy to hear from actors, from the DP, from the producer, from whomever, like, you know what, actually this isn't working in the grand scheme of the movie you're trying to make. But until you totally. have that, until you have that formed, like listening to other people, like this isn't working or these characters don't appeal to me or whatever, it's like, I don't know, you're kind of just like moving away from your own internal spirit. I don't know. That's my opinion. You're,
1: that's a, you know? That is such a great point because I, I noticed that when I had somebody read something I wrote, when they didn't like something when you said kill your babies, I'm thinking, No fucking way, don't kill your babies. I don't I don't agree with that term at all because I remember having somebody read something and they didn't like something that I loved and I remember just saying, Oh yeah, no, I'm not losing that. I love that. That's not going that's not that's not going anywhere and I remember thinking, I'm so happy me not going with their critique Showed me how strong I was in my mm-hmm. and where I stood in my work. So it's like also for another sure. interesting thing. Where you kind of learn about yourself and what matters to you and, and how you, you know, when when somebody chimes in and you're like, oh fuck, okay, well I don't give a fuck what you're saying. So uh, thanks for reading it, but uh, I like that thing. I'm gonna take that note. That note, you can go
0: fuck yourself. No thanks. Definitely.
2: But, uh, but here, and here, here we I are know. on a screenwriting radio.
0: Yeah. <laughs> People, people want to know these things. This is
1: important, this is like so there are kids out there who want to know about the stuff and then your your process. But let's move it to a different thing that I want to ask. We're gonna read an email in a second, and the show will you know. Do you mind if we're here till ten thirty?
2: Oh, I don't care. I can just oh, man, I love talking to you, Alexi, and we haven't talked for oh. too long. We haven't talked in a long time. I know. So this is fun.
1: This is I know you're too busy making movies all the time that you don't put me in. Maybe if you fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, you wouldn't have gotten involved if I had been in all your movies. I would have. I would have massaged you between scenes. I would have ruined all your potential yeah, relationships. Just... It's better I wasn't there. Um, actually, now that I think about it. But uh, what did your <laughs> what did your current girlfriend think about Kate being in your movie where you're like exploring your relationship? You know, your
2: what? What? How How
1: did that work out with Kate and your current girlfriend on set?
2: Um. Well. I mean, Joan has a very like sophisticated and unconventional attitude towards relationships in general. Like, the, I, I'm her first like serious boyfriend. She's 24. I'm 28. Actually, I'm 12, but she's 24. And uh, <laughs> she's, um, she's, uh, you know, we're together. Uh, she, I'm her first serious boyfriend, and um, she's like, you know, really supportive. She's like, she's a weird person. Like, you know, she's down for. Whatever is true and exploratory and, you know, me and her were super open with each other about everything, things that aren't working, things that are feeling weird, things that, you know, other, I think, couples would be uncomfortable with. Um, So, or or that I have been uncomfortable with with previous um, girlfriends. So, Joan is just very, um, like, sophisticated. And she's taught me a lot about, like, how to manage love because actually until well i guess until i've been with joan like my concept of love was was very romantic like very like cinema driven in this way where it's like unless you're like on cloud nine obsessed and fixated on someone at all times like you're not in love with them you know it was either like super hot or just like oh actually this person stinks and i hate them and that's basically why i've broken up like many times before around the four or five months area like that uh, most of my relationships are defined by that like my relationship with kate which is more complicated because it was like slightly long distance also just ended after like three or three or four months and stuff which i that's the only long distance thing i've ever been in and i I thought it was stupid before i think it's stupid now but when i was kind of with kate you know if you've ever been in one of those things it's really special because like you know there's someone like thousands of miles away that like Cares about you and loves you, and then you're like literally really walking on cloud nine because you have this sense that you're like a unique and special person because someone really far away loves you and you thirst for them. But like I don't know, it's a weird sort of disassociative um, uh, euphoria that you feel. I don't know if that's your experience of long distance. But listen, what am I, I just that's
1: listen. No, I just got out of the long distance relationship. That's why it ended after two years of long distance.
2: Wow, wow, two years. That's crazy. It's a crazy thing. Keep
1: going. So y- you used to think, and I, I'm right there with you. It's crazy. We must be very similar. I mean, because I'm, you know, I, I can be in that case. I'm not saying you are, but I. I definitely think we are.
2: I think we are really similar. Like when you started your blog, I'm Boy Crazy. I loved reading it because I, I, there was so much truth in there. It was really funny, and it is really funny. But you know, you speak from a really true and a slightly demented place. And I think, like you know, both you and I are obsessed with love, which is why I was excited to do the show. And, and, um, well, yeah, so Joan is just open to lots of different ideas and she's, you know, and, um, she, to be perfectly frank, she like suggested that we could be open if we wanted to, um, you know, as long as.
1: No, I don't like it.
2: Yeah, you don't like it, but you've never experienced it. I didn't like it either. I said, like, you don't know what that means. Like, monogamy, like that, you have never experienced that. So, like, once you have a monogamous relationship with me, you will know what true love really is. Like this was like, you know, my speech to her, like when we first started going out. And um I don't know. I don't know. My my foundations have been shaken. My like my concept because look, I've been with Joan now for like fifteen months. You know, and I've we've never gotten into an argument. Never I mean, she is extremely special and, you know and unique and like I admire her. But also We've never gotten into argument we've never fought i've never thought like oh this person is stupid oh this person like is a drag oh this person is defensive oh this person is causing all these sorts of problems in my life or i'm co- or i'm being mean to them we should break you know it, 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 it maybe john's you you know special be, besides this sort of uh, slight slightly non monogamous i mean you know it's basically monogamous with like a the smallest Possibility of like release uh, every like so often. It's like you can count it on the you know less than the hands on or the fingers on one hand sort of thing. But it, just knowing that the person is okay with that kind of like m- makes you realize that you don't even want to do that. You know. Yeah, Sorry, I understand. I'm, I'm not no, trying no, I, to disgust you here, but.
1: No, I know. I was just listening. I didn't want to interrupt because I had all these thoughts. I did want to interrupt with, and the first one go, was that uh, it. The first thing is, it's so funny because, uh, yeah, you you you've just gone through a long distance thing. You, you know, you're experiencing not just you experienced a long distance relationship. You, I was also anti long distance, and I and I knew I, I I knew better not to get into it. But the person was undeniable, and I had of to course. go through with it because I wanted to do it just like you do with your ex with Kate. And uh, mm-hmm. and now I also now I feel the same way. I've come off the other side and I've gone. All right, I knew that was dumb. I shouldn't have done it, but I had to. And now I don't want to do that again. And now that you're talking yeah. about now that you're talking about open relationships, I'm like, okay, well now you can explore it. You can let me know how it goes. And then yeah, i You know, <laughs> maybe I'll do that later. But but the funny thing is now that I'm so far single, so
2: good.
1: So far, well, so far so good. <coughs> See, I get so I can I'd be a very jealous nut, even though I'm a I'm an, yeah. I'm a I'm an an Aquarius, and I'm very ethereal and dreamy, and I'm all over the place. I'm a big, and I'm a big flirt. But when I'm in a relationship, even though I'm a flirty person, I love knowing that, like, you know, because I am fine being single. I'm so fine being single. I love being single. I flourish being single. But when I meet somebody that makes me think, "Fuck, I've got to go for this. I want to be monogamous with this person," Um, I'm so proud to be in that relationship because they're undeniable to me for whatever reason. So I love monogamy if 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 I'm gonna say on somebody's girlfriend then it means something. So I'm into monogamy. So right
0: now yeah, being but, newly but, single well
1: but, but, but right now being newly single, I feel like I'm doing the open relationship and I'm calling it dating because I'm meeting mm-hmm. guys and they want to lock me down immediately. I keep saying like mm-hmm. we're dating and I just got out of a thing. And I should be flattered and I'm flattered that men want to date me exclusively. Like that's very sweet. that, that's you know, not every girl or person can Get that, mm-hmm. and that's, I don't I don't take that for granted. But but like yeah, so for me right now, I feel like I'm trying to have open relationships with people because I need to not be locked down. And I and so I'm experiencing my open relationship in, in my own way, in my own moment right now. So, but yeah, it feels it feels good, but it usually it makes other people mad because especially men, it's a weird gender, like the it's not even it's not equal. Like you know, men on their terms but, can be like, oh, you can't lock me down, but then when the girls like you know, you just let me be free, we need to be light, let's keep it light, then, then the guy is like, what? You know what I mean?
2: I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd never even considered that idea, like, I didn't, I, and I never really cheated on any of my girlfriends, but I never considered the idea of, like, you know, cheating on them or being in a relationship, just basically when I realized that I wanted to be cheat, I just break up with them, you know?
0: Yeah, So I me So, I mean,
2: I, I, didn't intru- I didn't introduce the idea, you know, it was Joan's idea. Um, and and, and Joan kind of like forced the issue, you know. And uh you know, ultimately I I accept it. And and I know you said something about in monogamy in your mind is synonymous with being like proud of the person, but like I mean, doesn't it sound to you like I'm really proud of Joan? All I no, no. brag oh, about yes, how incredible yes, she is. You know? Yes. So Yes, no no I'm not
1: saying I'm not saying you're not at all. No, no, that I'm talking about me. It's it's a big deal for me to not want to be single. I'm just talking about myself, not about you. Yes, you sound, no, you, no, you make no, i like sure. sound I'm, wonderful.
2: No, yeah, I'm just showing, I'm just trying to say, like, I think it's perfectly possible to be extremely, like, proud of the person that you're with and the person you love, and then occasionally, like, have sex with somebody else, you know, and, and not have meaningless sex, have sex that's kind of like, okay, this person is chilled too. And then, like, you remember, like, it it might even in a weird way like help you like reinforce all the things you love about the person that you love you know i'm not saying it's it's I'm, I'm
0: i'm
2: not saying it's like super easy or it doesn't involve sort of like weird negotiations and weird psychological sort of mild repercussions it does it's not totally natural but in a way it like reinvigorates you know your actual relationship and it reminds you of things that are incredible about the person that you are in love with fully. And it, um, you know, I don't know, this is my experience. I'm still living it. Like, you know, it's not something yeah. I fully processed yet. It's a little bit weird that I'm talking about it on air, but, you know, ultimately I'm a very <laughs> like open person. So it's fine. I know that yep. Joan prob- probably wouldn't care too much. So, you know, well,
1: here's- well this is what I was going to say about, it. I mean, like, uh, I just know from, for me, I'm not talking about myself, obviously. Like, no, you're, yes, you're living the experience. You're, you're not, you'll let me know. Um, I'll, we'll text about it in the future and, and whatever. I want to hear how it goes. I'm just saying for me, for me, I know myself. And uh, here, here are the reasons why I, I wouldn't be able to deal with that. I'm mm-hmm. a very, very, very jealous person. If you're mine, I want, you're mine. I, I, I want to belong. I like the idea of belonging to a man, like in a very, in you a, know, a, you know, in a cinematic, bizarre, like, we're in love. This is passionate. You know what I mean. Like we're, we're yeah.
0: in the world,
1: jealous. We're walking on that cloud. You know, you know, like totally. Mm-hmm. I'm, I romanticize that idea and I love it. Second, I don't have any STBs yet. I don't want to get them, and I feel like being in a committed relationship is at least you're taking a break from potentially getting an STV, So that way, because you're not inviting.
2: You well, know, one of the rules.
1: Them. Yeah. One
2: of the rules of my open relationship is that if I or Joan do anything like that, we have to wear protection, like no questions, you know.
1: Yes, I get that. No, I get that. And and uh, I'm just saying for me, I would be scared of, of, you know, me catching something, even if I did wear protection, and I do, I do use condoms and whatever, But, uh, um, but then also one of the things, I'm so, I'm such a pro at being single. I'm such a master of that. I love it. I've got my friends, I've got this podcast, I've got my blog, which I've not updated in a long time. Except, guys, by the way, on a side note of a side note, uh, the the trailer, the trailer of A Wonderful Cloud is now up on I'mBoyCrazy.com, all right? You heard it here. Wow. You heard it here first.
0: Watch <laughs> oh, that. One, the, the,
1: the trailer for A Wonderful Cloud is up now So go Woo! check it out. But keep, listening, keep listening to the show. Just know that it's there. Feel cozy about that. Put it in your pocket and keep stay here with us for a moment. But here's another thing. Okay, so the reason why I wouldn't like an open relationship is because
3: I – I,
1: when I'm in a relationship, it's the fact that it grounds me in something, and I'm not like subconsciously like, oh, I gotta get, my, I gotta get my yayas out. Like I, I gotta go out. Mm-hmm. I'm on the prowl. Like yeah. You have one, per- you have one person to be cozy with, to make out with, have sex with, to feel their skin against your skin. It's such an epic thing. And then you can be like, cool, I'm doing all this shit. I'm writing. You know, uh, you mm-hmm. do your stuff because you're somebody I respect. Hopefully, doing your own shit. That's cool. So, we can, and then we'll meet up in the middle, talk about what cool stuff mm-hmm. we did. Then we'll have lots of sex. And uh yeah, and we'll call it, it. So that way. I'm not like out on the prowl. It's like so much energy to be like out on the prowl. But I do get that if you're in an open relationship, yeah, you give yourself. We are human beings. You can have different flirtations and and you know m- sexy moments and vibes with with cool new people that you meet. That's a legitimate thing. Like you and me. Like you know, yeah. Plus,
0: yeah I, you, you sure. cut
1: the pension with a knife right now. I mean, this is crazy. If we weren't, if we were in the same room. Who
0: so knows what would happen? And this is why. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but um, anyway.
2: but uh, wait, yeah, I, you know, I hear you, yo. I, I totally hear you. I definitely have never said out loud the words "open relationship." I don't. I, I mean, it has. this a certain pejorative or negative connotation to that. You know, it, there's a bad. There's kind of a negative aura around that phrase. I don't consider it that because I'm not, like, on the prowl or anything like that. Like, I'm not planning anything. You know, I, I like you, am also a flirty person. And, you know, if, like, something is, like, undeniable, you just like, kind of let it happen. But it's not, like, I'm not trying to stress about it. I'm not trying to give myself anxiety. I'm trying to be secure in my relationship. And ultimately, if I feel like anything is threatening my relationship with Joan, you know, it just should go out the window. Yeah. It's just, wait,
1: what did you say? What? What's threatening to it?
2: I said it should go out the window. I should toss it. Like, I should not, you know, pursue that in any way, shape, or form if it threatens and my she, relationship.
1: And she was okay. The Coming back to the original question, she was okay with, with Kate and whatever your dynamic was behind the scenes on the set and talking about your relationship and making a movie out of your relationship?
2: Yeah, I think she thought it was cool. I mean, like I said, again, Joan is like, pretty damn sophisticated and she she likes real art like real things that are that are meaningful and i think she more or less thought the movie was meaningful and so of course she's going to understand that And like you know it wasn't really easy for kate i mean even though kate and i had this idea it's like you know kate's in a relationship and like you know it's like you do it because you believe in movies you believe in the things you're doing it's not like a frivolous thing Where everyone's making a ton of money, and it 's just to like entertain five year olds you know I mean the movie is funny and it is fun, but it's like we're talking about something real like 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 i think it's rare to watch a movie and feel that the chemistry and the dynamic between uh a couple or partners is like it has all this baggage and is really there it's it's kind of cool, so yeah, I think everyone's just sort of amped up on the project, and you know again when you're doing it so fast there's no time. To create drama or gossip or all those things, you're just trying to finish the movie. So was Joan okay with this? Uh, yeah. Also in the movie, I have a girlfriend, uh, not really modeled on Joan at all, even though she does drive Joan's car. And the, the girlfriend <laughs> in the movie, though, like, is like some weird nightmarish version of what you're asking. Like, you know, because she sees that I'm flirting and bonding with my ex-girlfriend, and she like reacts accordingly. And I think that's a pretty iconic. This is a pretty iconic scene in the movie. That's her reaction to it all. Um, but uh, so yeah, I mean, look, I I think you're gonna love this movie, and uh, hopefully your your listeners too.
0: I think I, I have
1: no doubts. Uh, I'm gonna read this uh, this email uh, sent yeah, to please. Big Sis. All right, it says uh, hi, Lexi. I'm dating a dude in a band. I'm crazy in love with him, and he is a very trustworthy person. But I have mixed feelings about him going on tour. I'm happy for him, but it bums me out. I feel like he's living another life without me. And I know girls are going to flirt with him. It also doesn't help that his band members have some questionable behavior, and they drink heavily at their shows. How did you deal with this? I also live in a new town, so I don't have a lot of friends yet to keep me occupied. How can a 23-year-old Make good girlfriends now. How how, how can they make good girlfriends nowadays? Thank you. Uh, I'm going to throw this over to you. What are your thoughts?
2: Well, um, I've never had a boyfriend who went on tour. So it's a little little tough. I think she must know deep down inside whether he's going to do something or not do something. She just needs to do a little bit of soul searching and see if she... Trust the guy, I guess, you know, because it is very tempting for men on the road, I think, who are in a position – like, it just matters, like, where the guy is at in his life. Like, if he's in a place where he legitimately loves her and he's just into, like, reading books and, like, if we're talking, then it's chill. It's great. Nothing to worry about. You guys should, like, you know, FaceTime every day and you can focus on developing friendships with people in your town. But if he's, like, the sort of guy where, like, he likes to go out with you all the time – and he likes to, like, go to the bar. Like, if he goes out when you guys are hanging out, you know what I'm saying, like, in together, then uh, I would be a little bit worried. I don't know. I don't know. But, but actually, I think you have probably the best answer, right? Did you go out with a musician who went on the road? I mean,
1: I I only go out with musicians, it seems like.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah. But you and probably know like, better out. What do you think? Uh,
1: I, but I always feel like I I have a tendency to date very effeminate uh, effeminate emo soft spoken trustworthy guys and and also like well depending on how big did you date
2: Dashboard it, <laughs> Confessional?
1: Yeah, I dated all of Dashboard Confessional
2: actually. Yes. How
1: did you know? Who told you?
2: I was there. All <laughs> <laughs> <loved> the dates.
1: <laughs> I was there. Oh my god! No, I did not date Dashboard Confessional. But oh my god, my my latest boy my boyfriend has a. They have an album out, and it's just, like, haunting me. I can't listen to the radio.
2: I'm just terrified. Anyway, oh, what's it called? Do you want to talk about it? What's it called?
1: I, clearly, I do. But, you know, I mean, I've already talked about it to death on this on this podcast. He's a great guy. But the, here's the thing. Um, I was going to say to this girl, depending on how big your boyfriend's band is, Uh, I mean, I only date very successful band people. <laughs> oh, my God, what a monster. What a monster I am. It's really boring. I mean, I'm sure he's not that successful, but if he were to be – it's not as glamorous and uh, crazy as you might think. It's a lot of, like, waiting around, a lot of downtime. Basically, both either one of you could cheat on each other at any moment. It's just, like, you're both young, good-looking people. Um, yeah, they are going to be all these, like, weird, uh, you know, sexual, sexy girls and unsexy girls uh, throwing themselves <laughs> at, at, your, at your boyfriend. But you know what? If he's going to cheat on you, he's going to cheat on you, and you just have to fucking, as hard as it sounds – You just have to trust him and you've got to stay really busy and ground yourself in you and have a life plan and uh, uh, figure out what you want to do with your life and have dreams and goals and aspirations and make your new friends that you want to make and do well in school or whatever the fuck you're up to. And, like, it'll play out. It's going to unfold unfold however it's going to unfold. You don't have to do a goddamn thing. Just be nice to him. Don't get mad at him for things he's yet to do because that's horrible. So don't punish him if he hasn't done anything just because you're insecure Um, just, you know, talk to him on the phone, be proud of him, hope he does well, be loving and kind. And then if anything blows up in your face, just deal with it then and, uh, wear condoms with him. All right. That's my advice. What do you think?
2: I think that's a great answer, Alexei. I think it's a great answer. I think you're so right in that actually Silver Linings Playbook, just the fact that he's going on tour but that you guys say if you have a good relationship, well, that gives you, like, a few months to cultivate your interest and to help find yourself while still having the stability of being loved and loving someone else, but them not monopolizing any of your time. So it's actually a great opportunity for her to just work on herself, right?
1: Exactly. It's fantastic. And you're so much cooler. If you can be the girl who's, like, like, oh, yeah, have a great show, okay, have fun, and be, like, legitimately or at least pretend to be, like, be mm-hmm. supportive and and not be too clingy and bizarre that it's such a cool look and and uh it's just a very sexy look because i know i've done it the other way uh and the other way is like oh really oh you have to go rehearse okay have fun oh bye wait who is that is somebody in the background you know, like don't be don't yeah. be that person because nobody wants to fuck that person and nobody wants to it's like it's just a, it's unsexy and it's needy and gross and bizarre. Like you want your boyfriend to flourish, and you want him to be successful. And I always thought, you know, as I matured, and even though at a young, young, young age when I was dating drummers, uh, I've always found it a turn on. I want other people to think the person I'm with is sexy and cool. That's that's a good for look sure. for me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah. But here's another email. Uh, it is 10:30. We we'll we will be wrapping up the show shortly, but I'm going to read this. Email.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't
1: forget. Don't forget to. Uh, if you're going to South by Southwest, don't forget to see a Wonderful Cloud. Uh, watch the trailer mm-hmm. on I'mBoyCrazy.com. And uh, anyway, here's here's an email we're going to read because we're going to get some advice uh, from Eugene, director of a Wonderful Cloud. It's from Megan. <laughs> Megan says, um, <laughs> I don't know how to fucking do this. Yes, I do. Okay. Megan says, Hey, Lexi, I'm at a point where I don't really know who to turn to. I'd rather not be on the site oh well okay well you can't email me a thing and then and then oh, jesus christ i'm reading it whatever i'd rather just not be on the site blah 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 anyway uh i have been in a weird relationship for the past six months we'd had feelings for each other for a year and never said them out loud to each other until two months into a road trip that we were on it was so i hate to use the word perfect but that's the only word that fits right now But both of us didn't know what would happen after the trip, so we never made plans about staying together. We spent every night together. We told each other things that I have never told anyone. He cried to me about how he wanted this for so long with me, but we both knew it couldn't last. We weren't from the same place. We were were all separating after the trip to do different things in life. We knew this. I prepared myself for this. We've been back from the trip for three months and managed to stay in the same state and see each other weekly still knowing that he was eventually moving across the country. We've had the talk. We've had that talk many times. We've discussed long distance on and off. Neither of us know of a long distance that's actually ever worked. We're going to be in different time zones at least for a while, and today I had to say goodbye to him. He leaves in three days. I've never felt this kind of pain from a relationship before. I've only had relationships end because someone lost interest or someone uh, something bad happened. I don't know how to handle this whole everything is great and this could be something amazing, but you have to let it go. So I'm going to write him a letter that he won't read until after he leaves. That's as far as I've gotten. I don't know if I should cut off contact. And I know it would help me get over it, but he means so much to me. He was a friend before anything else. And maybe I don't want to get over it. Uh, Maybe I want to fight for it. I know you've dealt with long-distance things before, and I guess I just wanted to know what went wrong or if it, any of it is worth it to try to make it work somehow. Well, we were just talking about this. So uh, let's see, she can yeah. really appreciate your website, blah, 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 Actually, yeah, smackety. Then she wrote, I read over this and I sound like a teenager in love, but I'm 24 years old. I've just never been with someone that I trusted the way I trust him, that I cared enough about to be so, blah, blah, blah.
2: Um, yeah, there you go. So it's that's beautiful. It's beautiful that she opens up this much to you,
1: I know. It means a lot. Like, this is one of the most fulfilling things I do in my life, It's this bizarre weekly podcast. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah,
2: it's cool. No, that's awesome. I, I have a radio show, too, and I love doing it every week. It's cathartic, and it's fun. Um, what is your radio show? I, what
1: is your radio show?
2: I have a radio show every Tuesday from 9 to 10 on uh, org called Chinese Rocks. It's punk music. Wait, <laughs> you know?
1: this is same. How are we? How have we not cr- done a crossover? Do you just play music, or do you talk?
2: Well, we play mostly music, but then I talk in between with my co DJ Brent, and it's pretty funny. We kind of argue a lot. <laughs> oh wow. Um. Well, let's 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 answer her question, right? Okay. So, I think, from my experience, number one, number one, in writing this letter, when she said she was going to write him a letter, I was like, oh shit. Like, she better write a letter in a a perfectly beautiful world. The letter she writes should give her closure on the awesome experience they had together and make him feel like it, it was awesome too and then leave it open for their life paths to cross later on, you know, but without creating any sense of, like, guilt. You know, so if she can craft a letter like that, if you can craft a letter like that, that's just basically about how awesome of a time you shared together, how unique and beautiful it was, and how fate is working kind of against you guys, but, you know, leave life open to what may come, then I think you should send it, especially if it's going to make you feel better. Otherwise, I think a letter could be a very disastrous thing. Like, you know, like it it just seems like it could be, long and painful and create pain and, and add like a weird energy to an experience that she, it seems like was quite beautiful for her and quite positive, you know? Cause like, like, like you don't want to like, s- summarize shit in like a gnarly way in a letter, things that were more like ineffable and beautiful. Okay. So that's number one, number two, and you might disagree with me, Alexi, but like, I think a long distance relationship is only worth it if you can foresee the distance being eliminated in a reasonable amount of time. Like if she can foresee herself moving to where he is or vice versa in the next four to six months, or, you know, then maybe it's worth it to try to make it long distance and visit each other like once a month or twice a month or something. But if you can't foresee a universe where you guys eventually live together or live in the same city, then I don't think she should pursue that, and I think she should just chalk it up to being like, this was such a great experience. I'm so lucky I met this person. I'm lucky I had this experience. Now I should find another person that I connect with as strongly because it's possible. You know, I don't actually believe in one soulmate anymore. I used to believe in one soulmate. I don't know about you. Now I believe that there's a whole universe of incredible people that are calibrated slightly differently, but still might match up with you perfectly and make you feel awesome. You know, I completely agree.
1: And I, I, that was amazing. Fantastic advice. Uh, I completely agree. I feel like people are so in my singleness and throughout my entire life, uh, making out with people and talking to them. I think people are so wonderful. So to have like, you know, to have pillow talk and make out with someone and stay up till six in the morning or just like, or date someone for a bit, like, yeah, every, there are so many interesting, amazing people, and you can connect with them. Yeah, I, I don't believe in just one soulmate. I think that different things, uh, different people are right for you at different moments, and certain people Definitely. bring certain things out of you, and and that's how you learn and grow. And it kind of like she, it's the college, it's your college of life, you know, like it's who you are. Like, yeah. So um, so don't for worry. Sure. A, you, you're not limited. In it, the universe is not limited with like presenting you with somebody who will also love you that you will be crazy about, like you feel about this guy. But here's another thing. Um, oh, my relationship ended because that's what ended us with the long distance thing. We, we yeah. did long distance. We did long distance because the goal was at a year and a half he would move to Los Angeles. It was a very, very communicative, mm. great communicator. I said, I don't want to be doing this for longer than a year and a half, or two, you know, or two years. Like we have to like, and he went, you know what? I I I will move to LA. I, I'm considering it. I I know I I hear you. Yes. And then it just got to the point where I was like. This is never going to happen. I just—it's not happening. It's not going to happen, and, and I had to, yeah. to extricate myself from the situation because, yeah, if there's no end goal in sight where you can eliminate the long distance, you're completely right. Then it's just painful and it doesn't work because absence does not make it doesn't, it doesn't work. I mean, I'm astounded
2: yeah. that you could go on for a year and a half. I'm astounded. I mean,
1: we saw each other. He had—he he could afford to fly out, and he would fly out, and I would visit him, and 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 it was expensive, and it was. Really, it made, it made for a discombobulated existence because you're con- – yeah, I'm telling the girl who is contemplating long distance, this is for you as well, it's difficult. Long distance is difficult because I never felt grounded in just being home. Like, because I, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, he's not, I was, he's not here. When am I going to see him again? Oh, I'm going to be traveling at this point. Or I was always in my phone. Yeah. And I'm always – and, you know, we're already, yep. already in, in our phone all the time anyway, but then this is a whole other connection to your phone and a really – it's too much, you yeah, know?
2: Lo- long long, distance kind of turns you into, like, one of those, like, Pavlovian dogs, you know, like a rat in a cage kind of, like, because con- you're just hoping, you're sitting on the precipice for that next contact, whether it's uh, you flying out there in the same city or whether it's just, like, a text or whether it's a phone oh, call, you know? And it, and so if you right. don't talk to that long-distance person for, like, whatever period of time in your mind you've set up as being too long, that's a torture, you know? You just You're creating a lot of, like, kind of, artificial drama for yourself that doesn't actually usually exist in a functional, like, you know, normal distance relationship.
1: You're um, so right. And and it was, it's crazy. Cause I would refer to him, I would refer to my ex. And then I, when I referred to him, I would look at my phone, I would point to my phone. It was so
0: weird. Well, like, that's oh, you
1: know, <laughs> yeah.
2: It, it sounds like the incredible Spike Jonze movie, Her. No, but I mean, it's kind of like the the flip side of it is kind of what I was saying a while ago, which is that you do walk around feeling kind of like high on the knowledge that someone out there, like that no one in your uh, surroundings knows about is in love with you. And they're so awesome. And you have this, you know, cross continental bond with them. That's like a flip side of it. But uh the torture that you go through on the things we were just talking about kind of in my opinion outweigh the sort of occasional cloud nine feeling you have from this sort of like dissociative euphoria, you know?
1: Exactly. And and here's a here's something my therapist and uh mentioned that was a helpful quote. And I'm sure it's been posted on many fa uh, many Instagram uh feeds uh-huh. or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh what's the phrase? Here's the mantra. Let me where is it? Where is it? Um
2: okay. Don't cry
1: because it's over. Laugh because it happened.
0: Hello? Yo. That's,
2: that. I mean, that perfectly summarizes her relationship, and that's kind of what I was saying before. Just appreciate that you have this incredible bond and this experience and leave it open to happen again, but don't try to, like, turn it into something that, you know, fate isn't letting it turn into, you know?
1: Um, listen, we're solving, we're 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 fixing people's lives left and right. Um, here's another email, and then and then we'll I mean we'll truly wrap up the show at 10:40 p.m. on a Wednesday. Uh, people have raised. It's up, to, go it's up to you.
2: It's up to you, Alexi. <laughs> I usually stay up till 6 a.m. So I'm willing to go awesome. until 4 4:30 if you want to.
1: Well, the show is usually, the show is uh, at the max, it's two hours, but usually everybody wants, all of my guests want to get the fuck out of here, like an hour into the show, so, but I, you know, it's two hours, so longest we will go is till 11, but here's an email, and it uh, says, hi, Lexi, my name is Ruby, I have been in a relationship for six years, tomorrow wow. is my anniversary, yesterday, wow. yesterday at 3 a.m., I got a phone call from my boyfriend's phone, it was a girl. Oh my god. It was a girl. It was a girl. Fuck. Right when I answered. Right when I answered, she told me her <sighs> name and that she and that she has been fucking around with my boyfriend since May. Since May Oh
2: my God. Holy told, shit. It's true.
1: She told me she never knew about me and that my boyfriend has 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 had me saved in his phone under Roger.
0: <sighs>
1: wow. Um, that's the name of my ex-boyfriend before him. This girl told me that he left his phone unlocked in her car, so she went through it, and when she noticed our texts weren't how guys text to each other, she decided to call. By the way, my boyfriend lives in San Pedro, and I live in North Hollywood. Oh, my God, another long-distance relationship.
2: <laughs> that's, that's like, barely, well, I mean, that's a funny concept for long-distance <laughs> Um not to make light out, of her situation. Not to make light of her
1: situation. Oh, not at all, not at all. We're just trying to like find the find the happiness in a in a
2: sorted
0: situation. Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh it turns out that she lived over here too and the street she lives on is close to my house. So we talked for fifteen minutes about how we've been getting played. I asked her if she could show me proof, so she sent me a screenshot of them FaceTiming. After we hung up immediately, I texted all of my friends and my best friends, uh, who already do not like him. I waited for him to contact me because I didn't think he would have a phone. Later on at 1 p.m., he texted me like nothing ever happened. I showed him the screenshot, and all he said was, "Okay." Now he's denying everything and saying that she must have used an app that changes phone numbers. <laughs> uh, when I, oh, yeah, real rocket scientist over here. Um, all right, back to the letter. When I asked how she got my number. Or why she was saying that I was saved. Uh, why why she said I was saved under Roger? He stayed quiet and said, "I'm not going to argue with you." Wow, this guy is bold. Not to comment while I'm still reading it, but like this is Alexi speaking. This is like this guy. He's really he's really doing it. He's right.
2: he's really he's really like you know. I think he's bluffing, and it's a very it's a very next level bluff, I guess.
1: I wonder if he's an actor because if she's buying this, they must be mate. He's probably a horrible actor, but a great liar. I don't like, think she's uh, I don't think
2: she's buying
1: it. Yeah. Oh she's not. You're right. That's what she's writing in. That's true. Okay, let's get on with it. It says uh he, she says I am so in love with him and I keep going back and forth with myself because I don't want to break up. But then I'm like, W T F, am I thinking? Then part of me wishes I would have never answered the call. Uh, oh my God, he keeps saying that they're just friends, and he's apologized for never mentioning her. Then earlier today, she texted me saying that they've never messed around; that they've only hung out. I replied to her asking how she got, uh, how did she get his phone number? And I never got a response. I know what I should do, but I don't want to do it. I really need help. I don't like the way my best friends talk to me and tell me stuff. Uh, tell me stuff. I uh, I feel like they don't understand. Thank you for reading this. Well, first off, before I throw it to you, my advice to you, I believe your name is, uh, well, you know who you are. I'll write back and let you know that I read this. But my advice is, the guy's a fucking loser. Oh, you already said your name. It's Ruby, and you wrote it in the thing. It's fine. Okay, Ruby, the dude is a loser. He's lying to you. If he get—if he gets away with this, it, it'll only get worse, because then he can get away with a million other things. You know, obviously, he, like, I don't know what he said to this girl to make her change her entire story, but the shit, shit is fishy super fishy, uh, and I say break up with him immediately. And I know you love him, but I don't know what happened in your life that makes you feel like this is okay. But uh, let's try to break that habit, and uh, I don't want you to be with this guy. I'm, I'm your big sister tonight, and I, I say I don't want you to be with this guy. He's shady and he's a jerk, and I don't trust him, and neither should you. But what do you think, Eugene?
2: Well, big bro over here, like, when I was listening, <laughs> I, I agree I agree with everything you said, Alexi, but, like, when I was listening, I was a little bit, like, perturbed by her the you know certain details in her story like did she say that they've been going out for six years did she say that
1: yeah six uh, years she's been in a relationship for six years and on her anniversary yeah
3: this, this,
2: so this is yeah. about to be this like i find it really hard to believe that this is and for also, they've been going out for six years, they don't, like, live together yet. That seems a little weird to me. Not that I'm trying to, like, create some sort of, like, really conventional like, heteronormative universe where, like, you have to live with the person you've been going out. But I just think that's, a, an indi- you know, it's an indicator of something that they don't live together. So, obviously, one of them doesn't want to live with the other one um, after six years. And um, it just it's just uh, surprising to me that nothing like this has ever happened before, and what it seems I mean, like I mean, is maybe yeah, she has kind of turned a blind eye to it or just doesn't want to see it, or he's just like really expert at like covering it up except for this one time you know, but like I can really imagine this i mean this guy seems like an expert, imagine basically every time he goes to Mac or to whoever he changes his girlfriend's name to Roger in his phone, and then when he's back with her he probably changes it back to Ruby or something. You know what I mean? Some really like next level creepazoid shit, you know? So, um, I mean, if I were, yeah, if I were, I would immediately like walk, I would confront him. I would give him the comeuppance that he deserves. I would have him, if she can handle it emotionally, I would have him tell you everything just so that he's obviously like, you know, men are great liars, Like, you know, like men are just the ultimate liars because they try to rationalize all these lies um, in the service of not hurting feelings. Like men will, will commit the worst things and they'll lie to you about it because they don't want to hurt your feelings even though they're doing the worst stuff, you know. And what men like that, which is a lot of men, what they need to do is be forced to feel the shame and the guilt of the things they've done to someone because he may still, he may love you, right? You know what I mean? He may say he loves you and in his mind he means it, but his actions don't, um, don't indicate that. They don't reflect that in a real world. So what he needs to do is say out loud and admit all of these ways that he's wronged you so that he can realize that all the times he said, I love you to you, he's been a lying sack of shit you know, and that will actually traumatize and eventually help this man and it will also help you, you, the, Ruby uh, find closure and also, I think, make her realize that she needs to be more aware of the love that she's getting. Like, you know, she, she you know, if, if six years and, you, and and this happens, like, that's not right, you know? So she, she might want to, uh, you know, anyway, like, like, it'll help her avoid characters like this in the future if she, she gets her, you know, if she gets the, 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 the truth, the full painful truth from him.
0: Yeah, I
1: hope it helps her in the future because I mean, my god, yeah, six years. Six years of this guy. I wonder how old she is. I don't have she didn't include her age or anything, but uh this is definitely shady. Um, I had thoughts on it, but uh they already went out my brain.
0: I don't know what to say.
2: I'm sorry, I yeah. rambled too. Me and you me and you we like to talk a long time.
1: No, I love it. Yeah, yeah no, we're is It's fantastic. I think. No, I think. I think we said it all. I mean, yeah. Um, my God, I think. They, I, think I do
2: want. To, like, uh, can we can we encourage Rubido to write us back and let us know what happens? Because you know, I would love to be proven wrong. I would love to like you know imagine like she writes back to you in a few months and she's like actually like it was just his friend and like you know now we're married and we live together in Tim Pedro or something, You know.
1: But that's the thing, six years and it's somewhat long distance. He lives kind of far away and then he's fucking around on her. Yeah, definitely. Ruby, please call into the show, send another email, give us a follow up of what happened. But uh yeah, you mm-hmm. have to stand up for yourself. You have to stand up for yourself. This is not okay. Like it's not okay to be treated like this. The trust is broken. Yeah, let him tell you everything. But there's a chance he's not gonna I think it is there's a chance he's not gonna tell you anything. He's just gonna stick to his guns, but hopefully he will. But you should definitely hear your to guys' force you have just force him, and you should also go to your gynecologist and get tested, because who knows what the fuck he's doing with other girls. He's putting you in danger. Who knows if he's having unprotected sex with girls in six years? You guys, there's a strong chance, I'm guessing, you uh, you guys have unprotected sex when you see each other in your uh, long-distance situation. It's barely long-distance, but um, you know what I mean. I, I went on a date with a guy, and he told me that he broke up with a girl because he lives in, in West Hollywood, and she lived in, like, Topanga. <laughs> <It> was, like, <laughs> I was like, really? That's not I, – I would have I would have uh, appreciated that drive. I would have been like, this is great. It's like I'm going on vacation.
0: Um,
2: yeah.
1: Do you feel like – why is it that, like, you touched on this thing about how, like, men, they will go out of their way to lie, even though they've done the most horrible things because so they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But I also feel like a big part of that is men hate confrontation. And, uh, mm. and they, yeah, and they will just pretend to be whoever you need them to be or they'll stifle – they'll stifle communicating because they don't want to make their girlfriend mad or, or cause a rip when, but girls, not to gender stereotype, once again, I have a habit of doing that, but girls are communicators. Men have a tendency to mm-hmm. not want to communicate. I feel like you don't fall into that because I feel like you're part of the paradigm shift. Like you're, you're the new man. You know what I mean? You're sensitive and more feminine. Is that right?
2: Um, uh, I think like the reason that I can comment on how horrible men are and like the ways that they do these things is because I've you know I've done these I've had these behaviors and I, I feel like how my mind works as a man but at the same time yeah I think I'm cognizant of all these things and I try to be sensitive and I try to be open like I but I, I gender stereotype wise I actually fully agree with you like I, I think women are communicators and men are basically like you know suppress things and are liars but women are communicators and then are like crazy overwhelming you know Anyway, I'll let you keep going.
1: No, I think I think it's also interesting. Women get away with cheating more because nobody expects them to. Because that's more masculine behavior. So, uh, so if a woman cheats, it's harder for her to get caught because you know you think of it as more of a masculine thing. I don't know why I'm.
0: It's
2: harder for her to get caught. I don't know if I don't know if I understand that paradigm. You think it's harder for a woman to get caught or
1: get caught cheating because I know. I think it's like because it's less. People aren't expecting like men. I feel like in heterosexual relationships, this is just a theory, but I feel like it's easier for. It's, I'm not saying it's it's hard for them to get caught if they're sloppy or whatever they're doing. Yeah, anybody can get caught, male or female. But I yeah. feel like nobody's people aren't as ex, aren't expecting women to cheat, so it's easier for a woman to cheat than for a man because women are always. I don't know. It's like the social. I kind of disagree
2: aspect. with you. Really. I kind. I kind of disagree with you. Well, I just think it's equal because I'm living in, like, a pretty equal, gender-equal society, (laughs) Alexi. And, uh, yeah, I think, like, basically, probably just because men are better liars and are better at suppressing guilt in a way, like, they just find ways to, like, move the guilt to the side as long as they, like, buy their girlfriend, like, a gift or something like that, you know? Whereas, like, I think women um, have a compulsion to be communicative and ultimately, they might not be able to face the fact that they're like cheating unless the man is like treating them wrong, like you know what I mean like like a guy doesn't need to have any excuse to like cheat on his girlfriend yeah, yeah, he has yeah. fucking libido like women i think if if they're if they love their boyfriend or their husband and that person is treating them well, like they won't ever cheat. I don't think, and if they have a good I sex life.
1: I'm with you, know? you. I'm totally with you. It's more of an emotional thing. But the, what I'm saying though, like I, in a relationship, let's say the man's not doing whatever he used to do for the girl, or, or if the girl is just like disenchanted and she's needing something emotional. Because yes, yeah. it is more of a female yeah. thing. A, a woman will seek something emotional. And that's what she goes after for the most part. This is completely stereotyping. But I do feel like that guy who's being cheated on won't get it it's not, because it's, girls are, it's easier for them to get away, I feel like they get away with it because it's unexpected, because it's not, because men, usually, it's framed in our society, a woman being like, where have you been, you know what I mean? It's, I'm not saying women don't cheat, yeah. and I'm not saying you can't get caught, I'm just saying that they, something they have in their favor, which is not something to be proud of, is that they can probably get away with it slightly more easy, because because men aren't expecting it as much, they're thinking like, oh no, she would never do that, she's my, uh, she's my Cause you know I don't
0: mean? know, maybe That's I'm all, just...
2: Nah, I okay. might finish be coming from my personal experience. I just feel like most of the women that I've been in uh, relationships with, they're, like, very, independ- very independent and very, like, like have their own lives and have all their own shit going on. So, like, You're not it, right like you know, no, but I, I just feel like I was always, like, not I was always, but a lot of times it's, like, I'm, like, kind of, like, the needy person in their relationship in a way, emotionally. So, like, if... If they don't write back to me for a while, or I don't see them for a few days, like you know, it might run through my mind that they're like, banging someone else. You know, but I'm just like a paranoid freak too. So maybe I'm not fully qualified to. No, but here's
1: the thing. But you're not normal, and neither am I. I'm saying like we we exist in a different. I'm I'm just saying oh like, uh, you know, main not mainstream, but like you know, middle America for the most part. But like, listen, you're not. Yeah, but like
0: you're.
2: But yeah. that's, like, that's, like, all going to change because basically, like, the lifestyles that you and I lead are just going to be normal lifestyles in, like, 15, 20 years, you know. So, like, it's, like, for me, it's, like, not even worthwhile to talk about, like, how people who have, like, backward concepts of, like, gender roles or something like that live or the assumptions they have because they, like, seem, like, weirdly irrelevant to me, you know. You are so I I'm still with you. So, like, I, I can't even speak to that, but, you know. And, like, I don't think people want, like, people are really aspirational, you know. Like, that's why Instagram is successful. That's why Facebook is successful. People want to feel like, and that's why, like, movies sometimes work, too. People want to feel like they're at the, like, not ahead of the curve, but, like, at the forefront of the curve, you know. So it's, like, I think it's, like, kind of the responsibility of people like us to talk about, like, the value system that, like, maybe doesn't reflect the middle of the bell curve, but kind of the head of the bell curve. And then if anyone's listening who doesn't necessarily live a similar lifestyle to us, I think they'll get what we're talking about. Like I think they'll be like. You're so right. You're so
1: right. You're so right, but it, sometimes I walk into these old ways of thinking that are so annoying.
2: When I like go and live my life
1: and run errands, and then a guy yells out of his car window, "Hey, smile!" Yeah. or he looks at my he looks at my <laughs> plate of food and he, he looks at my plate of food, and I'm eating like an entire hamburger, and he's like, "Wow, you're gonna eat all that? That's a lot for a girl." And I'm like, "Who are you? You have nothing to do with my life or my future." But like, I can't believe you actually said that. Like, this is insane. So, like, I think I had that happen to me today. So I'm like, ah. Oh. No, you're right. Actually,
2: you're so right. I actually never have to experience that as like an ugly male or whatever. (laughs) But but, like you know, like like I am always shocked if I'm like walking around like my girlfriend or like a female friend of mine, and guys just say like the most inane shit or like you know, I love going through like uh, seeing the stuff that guys write women on like OK Cupid or like Tinder conversations or stuff because it like boggles my mind like how whack uh men's game is you know and how like just totally retarded most guys are um in their interactions with women and then you uh, also like no offense to foreigners because i was born in another country anyway but like then when it's like someone from another country you can see how even more backwards their attitude towards like women or like sort of gender roles is because they'll just be straight up like Hey baby, you want this cock or like you know like you got to listen yeah, my cock yeah. like as, as like an opening line or something? It's just like crazy to me, you know. But um,
1: I actually anyway. Oh, we're going. Oh my God, we haven't. We're gonna get cut off on my own show because it's going into. We just we had so much to talk about. Listen, I'm wrapping up the show. I want to leave you with a few of these things, Eugene. Thank you so much for being on Boy Crazy Radio. We we talked. Thanks you for having me. Tomorrow. Everybody, go see A Wonderful Cloud. It's premiering at South by Southwest. Please go to the premiere and after party. It's on Sunday, March 15th, 5 p.m. at the Alamo Lamar A Theater. After party is at Cheer Up Charlie's. Oh, uh, God. Uh, follow Eugene at Mad About Huge on Instagram. And you can watch the trailer for a film on my website, i'mboycrazy.com. And uh, I think anything else you want to add quickly?
2: Uh, just thanks a lot for having me on. It's really been a pleasure, and I, I really think that the that a wonderful cloud is going to be so fun for your audience. And uh, if and go to uh, Everybody Loves Me and check out my other work. Like for instance, Skydiver. I made this movie, Skydiver. That's also about love and relationships and terrorism and all these things that I think would be interesting to your fans. Well,
1: you heard it here. We have nothing more to say. We've said it all. And you guys, I just want to end on this note. Eugene and I, we don't care about what everybody else thinks about you. We love you. Thank you very
0: much. Goodbye. We love you. Yeah.
2: Big news the new sprint lte plus network is
1: faster than verizon and at&t based on analysis of a recent study by nielsen and to celebrate we're inviting you to join sprint for the biggest offer in u.s wireless history switch to sprint and save 50 percent on most verizon at&t or t-mobile rates yep you heard that right no gimmicks no tricks you have verizon six gigs for 60 dollars 30 with sprint and if you have 15 gigs for 100 bucks from at&t
3: Offer coverage not available everywhere for discounted
4: phones excludes taxes, surcharges, roaming and premium content subject to new line $36 activation fee credit valid and Plans may not be exact match. See website for eligible plans. Offer Random 1716-721818. Exclusions and restrictions apply contract bio of reward card requires online registration.